Greetings and salutations. This is Scott Johnson. You may know me from such things as intermittently updated podcast called Diary of a Cartoonist. <coughs> Excuse me. I am uh, taking a moment here to produce one of these. And uh, I'm doing it outside in the uh, the rear part portion. What, what do you call it? The backyard. Yeah, it has a name. And... Uh, our backyard is, is uh, when we moved here, it was, it was awful. We had a big tree in the way and a bunch of poorly growing grass and root problems from the tree and lots of bugs, and it was just kind of bad back here. And uh, we decided to make it better than it was, so we pulled the tree out, not ourselves, had it done. I wouldn't know how to pull a tree out if you, if you paid me. Um put in a tiled brick, um, you know, style, grouted style uh, porch thing. I don't know what you call this. I guess it's not a porch. It's a patio. A patio? Well, whatever. A surface on which we can sit, stand, and perform tasks. And, uh, and, and that laid right over at the top of that tree. And then most of the yard, you know, the part of the yard that was the problem and all that. And now it is a, it's my favorite place to come just chill and think. I come out here and read comic books at night on my, on my tablet. Sometimes I draw out here. Sometimes a little music, you know, especially at night. It's great at night. And, uh, it also turns out to be a decent place to podcast if I'm, uh, in the right mind to do it. And right now I'm in the right mind to do it, as you can, as you can see in here. It's 11.57 on a uh, Sunday. And uh, Kim is in the house making tacos for Nicholas, who just stopped by. So he's in there getting his fill. Uh, which is hilarious, because we all had eggs earlier. Just a very basic sort of breakfasty thing, and uh, Nick popped in. She's like, "I'm making tacos for Nick. That's what you do when you have kids, I guess." <clears throat> anyway, he's here with his girlfriend. Her name is B. That's a B for short. I forget what the actual name her name is. We just all call her B, so it's fine. She's very nice, and uh, they've been together for a bit. Carter's still here. And will be probably for a bit. She's got, uh, she graduated with her degree in games engineering and design. And uh, it's a full blown degree. And now she's, uh, you know, building her portfolio and submitting to places like Ubisoft in Malaysia and Epic in Canada and blah, 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 blah. It's kind of all over the place, everywhere but here. So that's kind of lame. <laughs> Because I'd like her to hang around, but uh, also I think there's probably a cool opportunity for her, and uh, she should take whatever she she desires. My guess is she'll end up making the jump to uh, a medium to large size developer, kind of get some experience in one of those places. But I feel like ultimately her future lies in her own projects. I feel like she will. She would do well in a in a big team environment for sure. But I'll bet we haven't talked a ton about this, so this is just me. There's a lot of conjecture on my part, but I just think she's 
she's a little like me. She's gonna, she'll work for the man while she does and she'll be loyal and she'll work hard and she'll do all that. But I think at some point she's going to be like, I want to make my own game and I want to do it with my artist or my programmer friend. And I want to do it with, you know, I, I want to do a small four man project or whatever. I'm going to have a successful game on steam and build a company of my own. Or I think that's, I think that's where we're headed with her. If I were to guess. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting to watch all that happen, though. And I can't say I'm any, in any hurry for her to go because we really like having her here. You know, you always hear about when your kids are 20, whatever. What is she down? 23? And you think, oh, you know, b- during the pandemic or before the pandemic, she was living downtown in an apartment with a roommate and um, was going to school and working. And then the pandemic hit, and we're like, she's locked down in this hot, awful apartment. She can't go anywhere or do anything. The, uh, the reason she's living closer to her office is no longer a thing in school. It's all happening remote. So she's like, well, this is just dumb. Why don't I... Or we told her, this is dumb. You should just move home, be here during the rest of this, graduate, and then you're good. Save some money. Put that rent money away, and you won't have to you know, worry about it here, and blah, blah, blah. So we did, and that's why she's here. But it was always her choice to, you know, what she wanted to do. And she's never, it never feels like a burden that she's here. So this concept or idea that she may not be here anymore is really bumming me out. (laughs) Because it's different than just, I think, a regular parent-kid thing. We collaborate on things. We're super into the same stuff. You know, I don't know. It's just different. So it's going to be hard when that happens, but probably sooner than later, her uh, her future lies beyond my walls. You know, we'll still collaborate. We got a we're working on a book. Have I told you guys that? I'm writing a children's book that she's illustrating. So this is the, the big test. She'll have no problem with it. She'll her art is already amazing. We've already done some concepts for it. The big question is whether I can write for crap, and we're about to find out. But I, I really like kids, and I feel like I communicate well with kids, so I feel like I've got a knack for the audience and conveying concepts, ideas, and stories, and characters in that way. But I really have never done it before, so, you know. But whatever, that's what I do now. I do things I've never done before. Check them off my list. I did the card game. Checking that off my list. Those are shipping soon. Well, they're in production. We're waiting for production to tell us exactly when they're shipping. Kind of a pain in the ass, but whatever. It's the life we live. But uh, same thing will go for the book. Like, it's just something I've always wanted to do. Whether I drew it or she does or whatever. And just collaborating should be really fun in general. And really looking forward to putting that one together. And, uh, yeah, projects, man, that's what you do. (laughs) Everything's a damn project. Um, other than that, what's going on that I can talk about here on the diary? Uh, I mean, it's called Diary of a Cartoonist. I should talk about the comics uh, for a second. So Fred and Ken is going well. Although the getting the production done on the card game really s- screwed my schedule up, and I had to kind of spread the, the the posts out a little bit, but 
uh, all's going well there. And we're getting to a point where I can almost do like a small compilation um, version of that thing in a book form or something. I don't know. I have to think about it. But I'm really enjoying doing that work. And uh, I don't know what it is about those characters that I love so much. But if you haven't read it, you can find it over at fredncan.com and see if maybe it's for you. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you are into these days. I try to make things that people can be into, but, you know, you never know. You never know if you're really hitting the mark or not. You try. I was hanging out with a friend yesterday, uh, came by the house, who probably is the closest thing I've ever had in, in this life to a physical real, or, excuse me, a physical best friend, meaning not an internet friend or, you know, someone I only know remotely or only mostly know that way, because I got a lot of those, but... This is a guy back in, we met in 95. We'd only been married a couple of years and Kim and they had only been married a year, I think. And we met them and we just started hanging out all the freaking time, like every minute we got. And this is a guy I sat and played the entirety of Resident Evil 1 with uh, together. We just sat and just made jokes and played that game, did the same thing with Metal Gear Solid. We did it with re2 and just like that era of ps1 sort of era of games just non-stop him at my house me at his house i say house we were in these like apartment condo things uh, across from each other that we, we was divided by a pool anyway fast fast friends never did anything without each other we went on trips together uh, went to vegas san francisco you know just kind of road trip type stuff all the time in the mid and late 90s and uh by then by 97 i uh, had a, a second baby so i was already a three-year-old and a baby by the time uh 97 rolled around and then they had had their first that same year almost the same month i think it was they're almost the same age carter and their kid anyway the long and the short of that story is i don't get to see them very often anymore it feels like when our kids were teenagers things just got harder to connect all the time so we just sort of drifted and we didn't always live close to each other after that and um for a while there you know he was sort of bouncing around not sure what he wanted to do and eventually locked into being a real estate agent and that really took off for him and did really well with it and uh he's got his own his own company now and it's doing really well um anyway he showed up yesterday and he had just came by to say hi, and we just happened to be out walking around, and he showed up in his big brand new Ford, oh, I forgot the name of the truck, everybody likes him, forgot the name, really popular right now, version of the Ford truck, short bed, can't remember, anyway, it's white with like black trim and huge, huge wheels and all this stuff, uh, anyway, that doesn't matter, except the point is, in this truck, he had an AR-15 in there, you know, the infamous AR-15 weapon, which is, uh, you know, much loved by gun enthusiasts. Also, unfortunately, often used in horrible, horrific events where people are shot with guns. But uh, he's, he's not really part of the problem so much as he is. He just loves them. He just collects them. He's got a giant uh, safe just full of them. I don't know. You know, he's just into them. 
And uh, I'm not really a gun guy. It's not my jam at all. I've fired them before and gone to sh shooting ranges and and all of that. But um, anyway, what was my whole point with that? My point is, oh, uh, so he opens up this, this little container in the front bed of the truck, and in there is this AR-15. And I had never actually held that rifle before. And on there he had a red, a red dot sight thing. Red, what do you call that? Red dot? Red doesn't sound right anyway laser sight and like flashlight attachments and just it was all fancy carbon whatever so it's light and all the cool accessories and everything and i don't know what that thing was worth but that was probably like a i don't know thousand dollar gun or something and uh took it out of the car and was just there's no ammo in it but i'm just like sort of aiming down the site checking it out holding it he took a picture of me doing it and i realized what must that look like? Some neighbor somewhere had has to see me out there with what looks like an assault rifle and next to a car. Even though I think it's just semi-automatic, right? I think they have to be unless you modify them. Uh, but that must have looked weird. What's Scott doing with a freaking gun? He's aiming down the sights. I was aiming it in the car, so I wasn't actually, you know, pointing toward any windows or anything. But And technically, I'm not licensed at all to hold his guns, but he is, so... Uh, whatever. But the point is, for a hot minute there, I realized <laughs> we could have had a scene. We could have had like, rrr, rrr, step away from the truck. Put your hands up where we can see him. Like, we could have had a moment. But we didn't. We put it back in and, you know, all was well. So that was an interesting experience. I didn't actually fire it, obviously. We're in the neighborhood here, but he was talking about how expensive rounds are these days. So if you go up and shoot at a range, you're paying upwards to three bucks a bullet per bullet these days. And I was like, why is ammunition so expensive? Because seriously, two bullets in your six bucks already? Imagine, you know, a gun like that firing off 100 rounds. What is that? 100 times three? That's $300? No. $3,000? In ammo? Is that right? <laughs> I can't do the math. Anyway, I asked him why, and he said, uh, well, back in the Obama years, everybody in, in the gun enthusiast world was 100% certain that they were going to have uh, massive new restrictions put in place and that they were going to lose all their guns and their ammo and everything. And so people went crazy buying out everything, just bought everything out and stocked up. And even though none of that happened, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sorry, but if somebody shoots up a school full of seven-year-olds and kills a bunch of them and we still don't have the will to do anything, I, I don't know if we ever will. <laughs> so I don't know why they were so paranoid, except it was also a bit of a marketing ploy by the NRA at the time. He, he was admitting this. He was, like, telling me this. He's like, yeah, they really hyped up the, the scare of it so that it would drive sales. So now what you have is, you know, none of that scare came to fruition, as it often doesn't. And then they, everybody's overstocked on this stuff and has all the bullets in the world. And then the next uh, administration comes around and nobody's worried about any of that stuff and nobody's buying. They've already got all they want. So you hear these stories about the NRA going out of business or, you know, having to declare bankruptcy and not getting enough dues and all that. A big part of it is the without the freak out, without the 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 false sense of 
hurry up and stock up before the government takes your stuff sort of feeling. Um, things get real stagnant and they start losing money. <laughs> so it's actually bad for them. Or they have lower, they have lower, uh, lower revenues during, uh, pro-gun administrations. So then, uh, so now they just guns, they're just ammo and the guns. Well, mostly the ammo, the ammo is just really expensive and it's, it's a shortage and demand thing again, once again. Like the housing market, like the car thing with the chip shortage, like all of it. People are paying way too much for stuff. I'd be curious if it ever... If it ever reverses, like the housing market, and we were talking about that because he's a real estate agent, and we were talking about how, like... You know, what would it take for the market to reset or to go back? And he's not sure it will. He thinks this might be permanent, so... That's an awful lot of sudden inflation to not move again, you know. And that makes me really worry about my kids' chances of getting into any kind of home. <laughs> like, how are they going to do it? It's a real bummer how that's going. Ed Carter's just like, I'm never going to get a house, Dad. I'm like, well, you don't know that. And she's like, well, today there'd be zero chance. There used to be a way for you to get into a starter home, start small, build your credit, build your equity, move up, move move to the next one, you know, keep keep kind of going, growing. But, but there's no entry point right now. And she's right. I mean, like the cheapest house we can find anywhere is like 450 grand. And a year and a half ago, those same houses were like 150 like, obviously things have changed. And so if that's a permanent change, what do you tell that whole generation? Just rent till you're dead. And also rent prices are also going up. Like, it's just unsustainable. I don't, I don't get it. Part of it is I'm naive to some of this and I don't understand exactly how it works. I don't know if anyone truly does, but uh, also just the writing's on the wall. And if you're loaded, right, that's easy to say, oh, I'll just, you know... I'll, I'll do the 50 grand down plus uh, the cosine plus whatever to get my kid into a, into a house and then they'll pay the, the payments and then, you know, I mean, yeah, but if you, there are people who can do that. But that doesn't solve the problem, not for the vast majority of people. That takes care of a small percentage. I mean, maybe that's why we're in trouble. Maybe that's why we're so divided right now. Maybe it's always been just economic or perceived economic divisions. So even the poorest among us who vote against their own best interests, they like, they like what it sounds to be rich, and so they'll, they fight for that end of it even though it hurts them. I don't know, man. This isn't even a... I don't know. I could give two shits about our political parties and how it works right now. That's, that's even too many. I couldn't give one shit. They've all, everybody's lost me. You've all lost me. I think that part of that is age. Part of it is uh, just seeing the cycle and seeing it never, it's always been the same. So why am I, <laughs> why try? <laughs> it sounds terrible, doesn't it? Why even try? I don't know. It's the simple things that resonate with me these days, like leave it better than you found it. Simple stuff, like they used to teach me when I was a kid. 
Oh, you found a campsite. You're going to camp there? Cool. When you leave, clean it up so good that it's actually better than when you got there. I like that principle. Apply it to lots of things. Public spaces. Jobs you do. Uh, your family. Your relationships. Come in and, and, and be better than when you got in there. Right? So there's one. Another one is stop caring what anyone's particular religion is or belief system is or lack of belief or, or, or origin or color or, or ethnic background or, or whatever. Forget about every one of those factors and only judge others by the way they treat other people. That's it. My dad used to say that and I believe in it more, and e more than ever. 100% of the time, what will matter to me I don't care if you're Gandhi. I don't care if you're Jesus. I don't care if you're... I don't care who you are. Rich, poor, tall, short, I don't care. The only measure that I have of you is how you treat other people. That's it. If you treat them kindly, with respect, generosity, mercy, forgiveness... Um, that kind of stuff, then we're good. We can be friends. If you treat them poorly, then no. And I hope you figure your crap out because I'm I don't have time. I don't, I don't have time. And, this, and so you want to get all you want to get meta and go well, Scott. What's the difference between you saying you don't have time for those uh, who can't treat people well? Isn't that treating them not well? Look, I'm not going to get into the meta game here. To me, it's simple. If you're kind to other people and afford them the same respect and rights that, that you expect, then we're good. That's it. It's simple as that. It's not more complicated than that. And so those are just two examples, but the simple principle stuff is what's starting to resonate with me more and more as I get older. And maybe that's just a age thing. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I haven't talked to anyone older than me about, you know, where their head was at when they were 51, but you know, the things I used to think were important, I just, I don't think they're that important anymore. Like, all that matters to me are my kids and the well-being of, of people that I care about and then, by extension, people who I don't know. I care about them being okay. And, I mean, what else are you... What else? What else is there? Everything else is gravy that's positive, like, you know, getting to do whatever job you do and pay your bills and take your wife to dinner and, you know, all the... Whatever. All these basic things we just sort of have and expect to me they're secondary but and they're important but they're nothing the, the the it's those basics that matter i don't know i'm just in the mood for that now i'm not explaining it very well but that's okay i don't i don't feel like maybe i even need to it's more of an intuitive thing for me right now i just kind of feel it and uh doesn't mean it isn't hard sometimes you know it's easy to get jokey about stuff, especially, you know, somebody who's a, I don't know, a public figure or a celebrity or something. It's easy to throw all kinds of shade uh, without knowing too much of the situation. 
and I'm trying to be better at that. It's kind of hard. You know, you have somebody somebody famous throw a fit for something that's stupid or whatever, and you, or at least you think it's stupid. It's just so easy to bandwagon and go after them for it. And uh, I don't know enough about their situation to truly do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm at least I'm trying to remember that and trying to do better. Not perfect, but if you are, let me know how you're doing it. I'd love to know. I'd love your advice on how you've perfected this uh, this method of human inter- interaction. Well done is all I could say to you. Well freaking done. All right. I think that's going to do it. Just some musings here. And uh, I know these are real far and, and few between, but I, I do enjoy talking to you guys. And uh, we got a little mini trip coming up for the 4th. And uh, maybe I'll record some of that. Let me get windy on here. I don't know. We'll see. Look at this. 10 seconds to 25 minutes total. Here we go. We're almost there. 20, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 